Um, the first readings, there's two short readings. It's Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3, and Colossians 3, verses 12 to 18. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. The next reading is from 1 Corinthians 9, verses 19 to 23. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. And then moving into 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 to 12. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me, his prisoner. But join with me in suffering for the gospel, by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. 
Yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. Quite a lot to take in there with those readings, but I hope you understand the sort of general theme that was going through there. Too often, when we think of bringing others to God, I think we focus on the way it's presented in the Gospels in the early days of the church, where there were great miracles and, and the conversions of thousands at once. And too often I feel that we think that that's the only way that we're going to see growth in a church. But only a minority of Christians have been given the gift to preach to many people. But we've all been given that great commission that I started the service with. We've all been given the commission of sharing and telling the good news to others. And I think this expectation of seeing things happening in a big way is affecting the way we view our whole life discipleship. We expect to see these huge changes and and waiting for, for someone make something happen. But it's not like that. It's not about that. It's about us taking on responsibility for making small changes, for us growing in spirit, us living 24-7 for Jesus, and then looking at the collective result across the church. If around you you can see a piece of pink paper, would you hold it up and keep it held up? A pink piece of paper, just hold it up. So we've just started off, we've just got a few pink papers. Now if the pink papers talk to the yellow papers, the yellow papers can be raised up. And if the yellow papers and the pink papers combined talk to the green papers, then the green papers can be raised up. And if those talk to the blue papers, the blue papers can be raised up. And suddenly, instead of the odd dot of colour lying around, we've got a rainbow or half a rainbow around us. And the church looks wonderful and colourful and happening and bright. And that is what it's all about. Us taking responsibility to pass on the word to someone And then the two of us pass on the word to someone. And then the four pass on the word to someone. And so on, and so on, and so on. And that's how we see the growth of God's people. Sorry, I was like this at Holiday Club as well. Every time I spoke, I was tongue-tied. It's quite easy to do, I say. I'll just give you a couple of little, little stories. I know somebody called Mary who goes to Buckley Street. Mum knows her well. 
Mary. She's a wonderful character. I don't know if you know her, but she is an absolutely fabulous character. She's one of the leaders at Buckley Street Church. And she often starts off a conversation. She gets into a conversation with people, and people, just one of the things, or whenever she goes somewhere for an appointment, they say to her, when's your birthday? She immediately responds with, which one? And they sort of look at her. What do you mean? Well, do you want my birthday when I came into the world, or do you want my birthday when I became a Christian, when my life started anew? I've got two birthdays. And from that grows a conversation about Mary and her Christian life. And she's spoken to so many people and got so many people talking to her and finding out about God in that way. Just a simple thing, when's your birthday, which one? An easy response to make. Because I'm sure many of us here have got two birthdays. Some of us are more on the optimistic side and we find it easy to look for the good in everything and we're, we're there bouncing away and bounding through things and, and you know, bulldozing our way through things. Others of us are mere the sort of the glasses half empty and we're a bit miserable and a bit quiet and we like the world that way. Well, I'll tell you a little story. There were the parents of these twins, these twin boys, and one of them, as you know, from a gene pool, that gene pool of two people, you can get an awful lot of different mixes. We've all seen it with our children, children like chalk and cheese. And this was the case with these twins. And one of them, he was just bouncing around and he saw good in absolutely everything. You just couldn't quell the enthusiasm. Whereas the other one, you just couldn't get him to smile. Nothing was right. Nothing. So they decided to play a trick on their birthday. And for the one that was always, always there mopesing around, they actually bought him a pony. They thought, he's going to have a pony. He can go riding. He's got an animal to care for. He's bound to be happy with that. And for the other one, they just filled a shed with horse muck. So comes the birthday and the boy with the pony. I don't like this colour pony. It's too small. I don't like riding. I'm going moan, moan, moan. The other boy, he's there, he's diving in, he's in, he's in there amongst the muck. And they say, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Mum, Dad, with all this muck, there's just got to be a pony in there somewhere. <laughs> and that's the way he looks at life, always looking for the good. Try to do that, no matter who you meet, no matter what their circumstances. Try to look for the good and use that as an opportunity to get in there and talking to them. But if they are down and that sort of person, that's fine. But just try and sort of get some enthusiasm with them too. Excuse me. I'd like you now to think about a Christian that inspires you or has inspired you. I can think of, of many from, from my past, from other churches... And I must admit, there are times when I'm feeling a little bit low, and I think you all know that I do struggle quite badly from depression. There are people in this church who I bring to mind because they give me strength at those times because they inspire me with the way that they live their Christian lives. So is there someone in this church, someone that you, you know that really inspires you and you think, yes, they are truly living their way, their, 
life the way God would want us to live it. I'd like you now to ask for the power to be like them so that you too can inspire others. Likewise, I'm sure you can bring to mind those that have been part of a Christian family that haven't brought out happy memories of church, that have actually made you not want to go to church, that have made you afraid of going to church, that have made part of the church life, made you think, ooh, I don't want to go because of. And I want you to put that person in your mind too. Because that person, without realising it, could be hindering God's work. So I want you to bring them before God so that he can speak to them and correct them. Because if you're being hindered by somebody, other people will be too. People who God wants to come into this family here. And now, it's time to put you on the spot. I'm not going to make anybody stand up or come to the front, don't worry. I just want you to think and say to yourself, what am I doing to live out the great commission that I was given? What am I doing at this moment in time to live out the Great Commission. I feel that this is, this is important. I don't think we, we realise just what a role we have to play with this discipleship. I've sent the, the children out there and I'm so thankful that we've got a junior church here and that we really love the children. We encourage children to come to junior church there are so many, so many churches that don't have a junior church, that don't have young people to see the continuance of that church family. There are so many schools that touch on about that much Christianity in the life of the children in the church, that don't have prayers as such at assembly that sing secular songs instead of hymns and choruses. And the only time the children will hear anything of the good news of Jesus is through the Christmas story, through the play, whatever version of it they act, and maybe at Easter, and they'll hear very little else. So how is the next generation, how are the families out there, how are they going to know about Jesus unless we take it on ourselves to do something in this church to help with the Great Commission, to help with the discipleship. My own school does have prayers, it does have ministers coming in, 
I know that Locking Stumps has got a very strong link with us, and we've got some wonderful links with local schools. But the school I came from didn't have minister going in, and quite frankly, the, the head at the time didn't want ministers going in. And hymn practice was very sporadic. And the Bibles were falling to bits and rarely used. And this is an area that we feel as, of, as a, good, a good area, a good school. My own school, as I say, they have a grace before me. They, they do try to push a Christian ethos. They try to encourage the children to do things for charity. Um, they support a different charity each year. But it's in the classroom that I've been trying to make a difference. Throughout my life, I've always prayed for other people at particular times, or I've tried to speak to people about the fact that I come to church and what goes on at church. And for many years, I prayed for Marina, though she probably didn't know it, and now I'm so glad that Marina's joined our family because she was one of my neighbours at one time. And Anne, Anne, if you remember, Anne, name's gone, <laughs> sign of age, um, Anne, many years ago, um, also eventually came to church, and it was great to see her as part of the family. And I pray for Lucy, the teacher I used to work with last year, because she shared with me on times that she did used to go to Sunday school, and she was starting to sort of think things, and she had conversations with me. And she's now taken on the role of our e-coordinator, and she's asked me if I can share some things with her over the holiday. So I provided her with quite a lot of literature of what we've got and of modern Bibles and things like this and different stories. And she's taken them away and she's intending to make Christianity much more of a focus in the school within the curriculum that she's developing. You too can do something like that with somebody that you know. You can spark that little seed to get somebody else on the path that God wants them to be on. I have here some pegs and some pens. We often write names of people that we want to think of on um, pieces of paper. Pieces of paper can quite easily get lost. I've got these pegs here. If there's somebody that you want to get close to, there's somebody that you know could really benefit from God in their life. Somebody you want the courage to invite to Alpha. Someone that you want to invite along from Mums and Tots, a new family in the area. Anybody that you can think of that you think, God, I really would like to get to know them better and share your good news with them. I'd like you to write their name on one of these pegs. And then at the end of the service, we can take them home and we can use them. So whenever they're out, week in, week out, as washing's pegged out, that pair can be repeated that this person comes to know you better. So I'll continue with my talk, but please feel free to just add the names of someone that you would like to invite along onto one of these pegs. I'll just... And spread them out a little bit so we don't have too many people at the front.
This goes right down to you that are going to school. Think of somebody, if there's a, f- a friend or someone that you know is acting in a very irresponsible way, someone who's been bullying and you're worried about going back and meeting them again at school, pray that God can use you to get through to them, to change their life towards God. So please feel free to add names to the pegs. If there's no one coming to mind to put on a peg, just focus on this church. Focus on the community around us. And if God's giving you a vision of ways that we can reach out, or that you in particular can reach out, then focus on that. Ask God to use you in whatever way he can to make those little steps forward in this church. And you can share those with myself or with another elder or with Andrew and Sally later. When did you last speak to your friends and neighbours about the fact that you come to church? When did you last speak to somebody on your street about what the church could do for this community? What do they feel the role of the church is in these times? Because the church evolves with what goes on around. It shouldn't just stay in any one particular model. We're here to serve the community. We're here to be God's witnesses in the community. And if those needs change, then we change because we're here to serve others. What are we doing well? What could we do better? One of our readings said that we should not be ashamed of testifying. That we should be prepared to be all things to bring others to God. That we should mix with others. But we must keep our spiritual fire burning So it's important that we support each other too. But remember that whatever you do, in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus. Because that's what the Great Commission is about. Doing it, telling others, in the name of Jesus.